When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So I I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or... Call or text 988, available 24-7. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome on in, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Uh, This is Buck. I'm going to be solo today. Clay is attending a very important graduation. His wife, Laura, is graduating from law school today. There will be two official lawyers in the Travis family. So we send a big uh, hug and congratulations to her. And uh, I have uh, a lot to get to you today within the news world. So let's let's dive right into it. Um, First off, the border is, well, we thought it would be this bad. But when you see the visual images of it, when it is made real by the presence of thousands and thousands of migrants camped out along the border and illegal aliens really this term has completely faded out of our conversation but uh these are people who are entering the united states illegally they are breaking our laws they are over uh overwhelming the system that we have in place to process them we'll get into the numbers and all of it but the end of title 42 is obviously every bit as much a disaster for border security as we thought it would be. And this is, unfortunately, the Democrat plan. I think you have to understand that, and I'll get into why uh, that is in just a little bit. You know, uh, CNN still dealing with the aftermath of the town hall with Donald Trump, where he got to just be Trump. I mean, he was he was trumping it up uh, and... The, a lot of their audience very upset. Anderson Cooper <laughs> goes on his show and says, I mean, look, if you never watch us again, I understand. <laughs> Which That's the level things have gotten to uh, for CNN anchors who have been uh, paid tens of millions of dollars over the years to be uh, propagandists. Uh, so we shall discuss that, too. But the, the biggest thing that's on my mind today, um, and I'm sure we're going to take a lot of calls on it, so 800 282 
888-262-8282. The uh, biggest thing that's on my mind, I'm sure many of yours as well, is the situation of Daniel Penny and how he has now turned himself in. He is facing uh, manslaughter charges in the death of Jordan Neely, the uh, career criminal who was threatening people on the subway and uh, was in a in a in a point where at a point where Penny thought the only way to handle the situation was to take matters into his own hands and do something about it. Uh, this is deeply upsetting. Um, as you know, I'm a, a New Yorker born and raised and saw the difference, New York City, uh, at that, and saw the difference between a city run for the benefit of the law-abiding and the decent and the productive versus a city that bends over backwards to do everything possible to cater to the criminals, to uh, put the vagrants, the predators, the criminals, the people who are making life more difficult for others on the streets of New York City, to put them first. I've seen the difference in the city. I've seen the difference in various communities during the the time I was doing a rotation in the intelligence division of the NYPD, I spent time in the highest crime parts of Manhattan, and not just driving through days and days in the highest crime parts of uh, all of New York City, I think it's in Manhattan. And what you realize very quickly when you actually do that, when you're not Chuck Schumer or, you know, Ocasio-Cortez or Joe Biden, none of these people have have spent the night in a dangerous neighborhood in decades, if ever, okay? But when you actually go there, you see that the elite liberal opinion that we should give criminals free reign, first and foremost, punishes people in those communities who are trying to live their lives productively, peaceably, and within the law. And that's for the highest concentration minority neighborhoods of New York City and any city for that matter. It is always a small percentage of an overall metropolis that is committing the vast majority of the violent crimes. And overwhelmingly, by the numbers, minority communities are places where there's a disproportionate impact on the many from the very small percentage of those who are committing crimes. So basically you're letting, by not enforcing the laws, the black community, the Latino community in New York specifically, this is true in many other cities, suffer more because there's more crime in those communities. This is the the root fallacy, if you will. This is the baseline, the foundational problem with the way Democrats are approaching criminal justice once again. They are sacrificing the 99% of the law-abiding for the 1% of the criminal element. And this then brings me deep into the uh, Jordan Neely situation. I was worried this was going to happen. The, the left turned up the pressure. We'll get to that in a second. Here is uh, Daniel Penny's attorney who is announcing that there is a surrender that has occurred here. He has been taken into into custody, cuffed, processed, the whole thing. Play clip one. This morning, Daniel Penny surrendered 
uh, at the 5th Precinct at the request of the New York County District Attorney's Office. Sit down, sit down, sit down. He did so voluntarily and with the sort of dignity and integrity that is characteristic of his history of service to this grateful nation. Now, a few things that I want to establish for our conversation here. What was said on that train? There are all these eyewitnesses. You've seen the video. There's a more extended video you should see as well if you haven't that shows Neely and two others who also restrained um, Neely. I'm sorry, shows Penny and two others who were restraining Neely. Uh, so there are three individuals who are trying to restrain Jordan Neely who, who subsequently died. Um, the people on the train on the subway car in New York City were grateful that someone stepped in. And you'd have to ask, well, why would they be grateful? Why wasn't, why don't we see interviews? Wouldn't this be so easy? If the people on that subway car weren't frightened by what was happening, wouldn't they be frightened by this man just choking someone? Oh, and now they're saying it's manslaughter, you know, intentionally choking him or unintentionally, as the manslaughter charge, I believe, allows, uh, choking him to death. No, the other people on the subway car were thankful that someone stepped in. Let's ask the question, why? Why would they be? If I saw someone put someone in a chokehold and put that individual's, yes, anytime you put someone in a chokehold, you have to be careful. You are, you are taking what could be, what could be lethal force action. But if I saw someone do that on the subway, we would, people would be terrified. Oh my God, what this, what is this guy doing? Why is he choking this individual out? This is, but if there was a reason for it, you'd say, well, aren't we? Glad that someone stepped up because something really awful was about to happen. You know, you don't have to wait. If someone pulls a knife on you or someone pulls a gun on you, you don't have to wait for them to shoot you or to stab you for you to do something about it. I know in New York and in the Democrat-controlled states and cities, you do now. They are making self-defense illegal. They are doing this purposefully because in a society, which is what they want, with true status authoritarianism, you live and die, truly and literally die at the whim of the state. If this is just what the policies demand, if this is what the collective wants, you have to suffer through it. You are not allowed to defend yourself because they say so. It's also why they hate the Second Amendment. It's why they hate law-abiding citizens being able to arm themselves and defend themselves. It all holds together. This is philosophical. At its deepest level, this is about the individual's relationship to the state. It's also about good and evil, too, because ultimately, what is the purpose of laws? An ordered society, but a just society. Are you living in a just society if every time you get on the subway, some maniac can get in your face and threaten to kill you, perhaps threaten to kill your children, and you aren't allowed to do anything about it? You sit there and hope that that 44 times convicted criminal who had recently shattered an elderly woman's occipital bone and nose, her eye socket and, and her, uh, her nose, um, you hope that he doesn't decide that this time he's going to do what he had done before. Alvin Bragg and Mayor Eric Adams and the Democrats who run New York City are telling you that's the situation. You sit there and hope that the maniac doesn't attack you, doesn't uh, maim you, perhaps in front of your wife, perhaps in front of your children or in front of your husband. 
That's the city that you're supposed to live in now. I think people have had enough of that, but the Democrats haven't. Not the Democrat apparatus, not the people in charge. Why did they feel unsafe on that subway? Why did Daniel Penny step in? Key questions. God, I hope somebody with common sense ends up on this jury and saves this Marine from this absolute... Ab- it is it is appalling what my home city is doing right now. It is appalling. But here we are. Why were they afraid of Neely? Quote, this is from multiple eyewitnesses. There is no dispute about this. Neely is you know, you know menacing everyone on the subway, saying, I don't care... I'll take a bullet. I'll go to jail. He said he would kill a MF word. I don't care. I'll take a bullet. I'll go to jail. He's running around shouting in people's faces the threat that he will kill someone on the train and doesn't care if he goes to jail. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of Manhattan, is telling all New Yorkers right now that's just the way it is. That's just going to happen. Deal with it. This is what uh, social justice and in the eyes of the left, racial justice demands. And you say to yourself, hold on a second. The New York City subway, I've spent countless thousands of hours in the New York City subway. It's one of the most diverse places on the planet. I'm sure if you ran the numbers, one of the actually most diverse places on the planet. So the people on that on that train, there were Black people being threatened, Hispanic people being threatened, Asian people being threatened, white people being threatened, and and other races. I mean, we could list you know everybody. That's the New York City subway system. Oh, but because of the elements here that you have an individual, the, the perpetrator of the threats here is black, the Democrat Party, Ocasio-Cortez, and many others take a very specific stance on this, which is that there must be some form of racism involved here. This is racist. It was a lynching, Ayanna Presley said. You remember that? A lynching. As though this former Marine, no criminal history, done nothing but, what, honorably serve? What's the problem here? How is he a threat to society? Ask yourself this. What is the message the justice system is trying to send in New York City? That Daniel Penny, you are safer You are better off on the New York City subway system if young men, if Marines, if people who stand up to serve and to save, if they're told by their own government, local government in this case, sit down, shut up, and take it, or we will lock you up in a cell. Does that make you safer? Do any of you who actually go to New York, live there, travel there, work there, any of you feel safer knowing that the next good Samaritan, the next individual who tries to do something, well, maybe they got to lock him up. 44 arrests. How long did how long did Jordan Neely really serve in prison? You ever ask that question? 44 arrests. Daniel Penny, the former Marine, he faces 15 years in prison now. 15 years for for this circumstance, for this situation. Understand that the message is being sent to all of us across the country. Democrats control things, you can't defend yourself. That is now the rule. You are not allowed. Submit. Submit to the criminals. Let them steal from your store. Let them rampage through your, your restaurant or your, your deli, your market. Let them you know, burn your gas station down. You try to do anything. 
and they'll step in and they'll decide that you are the bad person. It's it's quite a form of authoritarian obedience training we're all going through right now. And I, I think, I hope, there's enough of a national outcry about this that perhaps this will become a, a turning point. This will become a moment that everybody realizes what's really going on here. 800-282-2882 to my uh, New Yorkers out there. What do you think about this? It's happening in, in your name, in a sense. It's being done by the authorities in your city. Um, and anyone, anyone out there, if you, if you feel like this is something that you have a, a really strong opinion on, I, I want to hear from you. So give us a call. There's no worse feeling than that sinking pit in your stomach when you think you've lost a document that you've been working on for hours. We've all been there. In that moment, you swear you'll always back up the work on your computer going forward. No matter what, you won't make the same mistake again. But you know what you should do right now? Get iDrive. That's the letter I, as in iDrive.com. Their 24-7 systems let you back up your computer an endless number of times a day, a week, whatever schedule you set up. Their off-site online computers absorb all your files daily with great security protocols. Only you will have access to it. That means if your computer crashes or you lose a document you've worked on, you can access your account with iDrive with a secure login from another device. It is so worth having this backup system, especially in a day and age where not just documents, but priceless photos are stored. Look, I'm working on a book right now, and I can tell you, uh, I've had a couple of times where I go, wait a second, what happens? With iDrive, I don't have to worry about it. I know it's going to be there, no matter what happens on my individual computer, because it's stored safely at iDrive.com. Go online. Get started today. Just have this backup. Have this peace of mind. Go to iDrive.com. It's the easiest, secure cloud backup solution you can get. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Get a huge 90% off your first year when you use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout. That's iDrive.com. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the problem. We didn't realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise... They're in the line of duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. 
The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institutes educating kids in K-12 through grades to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. Bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. This is Buck coming to you solo today. Clay uh, is at his wife's law school graduation. He's spending the day with the family. 800-282-2882 on the phone lines. Uh, call in, channel, whatever you like. It is Friday after all, so anything that you think is important that we're talking to you about here. Uh, the CNN Town Hall continues to have a, a bit of fallout <laughs> which i gotta say is pretty remarkable really when you think about it uh, they have the leading republican on for a town hall and you know what the part of it is that i think they really couldn't stand it's not that trump was on cnn although they they hate that they hate that for sure but it's also uh that he didn't have a room full of sneering libs who hate him to hiss and boo and shout him down. He had a, a squad of of MAGA folks for the most part. I mean, that's who was there up in New Hampshire. And that really left, I think, a a very bad taste in the mouths of the cnn audience that was watching it because if trump is going to be on their channel and that's how they think of it right if he's going to be on that democrat aligned platform he needs to know that it is his job to toe the line that it is his job to say the things that they want him i'm sorry that that the audience needs to toe the line uh that they need to say the things that they would say if they were in his position right so the audience is supposed to be there to be, boo, terrible. I mean, I remember when I used to uh, go on CNN, it was always, it was it was illuminating because I'd go on and I could make the most 
baseline, normal Republican argument, and I did sometimes, possible. I mean, I would even go and say things like, hey, when there's a big terrorist attack by some guy who is a jihadist for ISIS, and he's yelling Allahu Akbar, you know who I'm the most mad at? The terrorist and the terrorist ideology and the people at ISIS, you know, in ISIS. But at CNN sometimes, they were mad at the lack of assimilation in Europe. I mean, they, they had other problems that they would get angry about, right? That's, but I would go on and make the most normal argument imaginable. And I would look and I learned not to do this afterwards on Twitter. And it was all, Oh, you're so stupid and ugly and you should just jump off a bridge. And it was, Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> CNN need to calm down a little bit. Some of the CNN watchers. So that is their expectation that if you're on the right side or even a true centrist, a real centrist, not a make believe one who's just there to dump on Republicans. The whole point is for you to be, um, attacked, maligned, undermined, and ridiculed. That didn't happen. And so the CNN audience has the sad feelings now. They're very sad. And so Anderson Cooper still has a show over there. Still going, I wouldn't say strong, but still doing his thing over at CNN. After all the years, after weaponizing CNN into an anti-Trump loony bin, uh, they're still doing their thing over there. Here is uh, Anderson Cooper trying to calm down all of the CNN audience that is still furious about the town hall that happened. Play 14. Many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time. I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? If we all only listen to those we agree with, it may actually do the opposite. It's fascinating to see this change because you know that back in the 2016 election cycle, they had Trump on all the time. I should say they had his rallies on. They weren't having town halls with him in this way, but they would, they would run the Trump rally. They wouldn't even have an anchor there to, you know, to push back on him. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. They didn't have that. And you know why? Because it was the belief of the Democrats, as you all know, and it's a remarkable moment in American political history. It was their belief that the more people saw Trump, it was just a spectacle they could laugh at. It was a clown show. It was buffoonery. It was a circus that no one would take seriously. And then he beat Hillary. Hello? The least charming politician in modern American history. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. She got as far as she did. Is it when you think about it? Um, so that's what happened there. So now CNN doesn't really know. Well, can we even put him on air if we just attack him with the anchor? But we have the the part of it that they couldn't stomach was that the audience was with Trump. That was, I think, the part of it that was far too much. And and now it's funny, though, because there this happens one time, one night. And over at MSNBC, now there's a competitive situation playing out here. Over at MSNBC, you have Joy Reid saying CNN wants to be 
Fox News. Play 13. A few things to me became clear last night. Number one, CNN wants desperately to be the new home for Republican viewers. Yes. They want to be the new Fox. Yes. They want to move to the that's right. That's part of Lick's agenda. Uh, clearly. Sure. And, and all the, uh, Chris Lick used to work here. Like yeah, He I used know. to you oh, know, yeah. be EP of Morning Joe for a while. Um, he used to work at CNN. Um, CBS, I'm sorry. But it's clear that what he's doing over there and under John Malone, you know, who's the big investor and the people mm-hmm. above him, it's clear that the goal is to make it a friendly place for MAGA. A friendly place for MAGA. It's funny because do, do any of you feel like CNN is a friendly place? Think about it. The, the anchor is no, sir, you're lying. Or, you know, Caitlin Collins, you're lying, you're lying. That's not true. That's not true. A friendly place for MAGA. Uh, that's not going to happen. But the Democrat political media audience has been conditioned in near Pavlovian fashion to expect that there won't be any any scary, hurtful thoughts that Republicans have on their channels, on their screens, unless it is purely to be ridiculed. It is not to be taken seriously. It is purely to be a point of, of ridicule. And it, you, you really do feel like with so many of these Democrat pundits, when they speak about these issues, They've abandoned principle, sure, but they've also never even considered that the other side might have an argument that's worth hearing. Not that they would agree with, but that they should at least know and understand. I could sit here and make the arguments to you on MSNBC. I could probably make them better than the people at MSNBC do. I could make the arguments from uh, pretty, uh, pretty going pretty far all the way. I'd say all the way to the left. I mean, I would feel dirty doing it i'd feel bad about myself but i i would know how to do it i understand what they say remember the first thing is to understand the mindset of the contemporary democrat in america you have to just not just embrace but you have to luxuriate in hypocrisy the whole point is that you get to pretend to be someone and to care about things or want things a certain way that you don't want at all. That you're not going to live your life that way. The fun of being a leftist, if you can say there's such a thing, certainly the benefit of being a leftist in material terms is you get to make millions of dollars while talking about how you love radical socialism so much, or just socialism. Um, you get to... Live your life. You get to fly around in private jets if you're really important while talking about the problems of climate change. You get to live in safe neighborhoods where you have armed security often while making sure that other people, including people in high crime neighborhoods who are law abiding and just want to be safe, are left defenseless. And so on and so forth. Go down the whole list. I mean, members of Congress are effectively exempted from insider trading laws while they pass laws that send people away to prison for years for doing the same thing. Remember with Obamacare? They oh, they loved Obamacare. They, the members of Congress, they didn't want to be subject to Obamacare. Like they, they didn't want to be on any of those plans, but they want everybody else to. That's the that's the basis of it. That's the basic standard for being a Democrat. Because no one would really want to live with what they want for other people as a leftist. And this is why it's so funny when I call them commies or I'll discuss discuss issues like this and refer to them as as the communist democrats they'll say well they're not true communists really are is the chinese communist party true Demo- uh, true communists who who really is the true communist i mean let, let's think about that for a second um you sit around and you recognize 
every time this is really done anywhere, there's a class of people who are incredibly powerful, uh, powerful, incredibly wealthy and live a different existence from the proletarians and the bourgeois and everybody else that they pretend to either support or that they openly oppress. Right. The whole point of it is you get to um, live a very different life. There's a, a great book about this um, by Milovan Gilas called The New Class. Um, and if you haven't ever read it, I would say it's worth, I think it's, it might be out of print. You can usually pick it up. Milovan Gilas, The New Class, he talks about in some uh, detail how the whole point of the system in Yugoslavia, uh, the communists in Yugoslavia, was that they were able to live these lives of power, ease, and wealth relative to the rest of society. That's what communism really is. And that's really what being a Democrat is in different form today. Different name, but similar idea. They don't actually want this stuff for themselves. They want it all for you. And this is why when you have Donald Trump on TV and able to expose them for lacking the principles they care, they pretend to espouse, um, not really having any connection to the working class. I mean, one of the funniest things is liberal elites going on TV all the time. We care so much about the working class. That's why they're going to raise taxes, raise, you know, take more of your money, have more regulation, make you live in more crime, bring in more illegal immigrants. Oh, that's great for the working class. Only in the issue, only on the, uh, on the concern of immigration is supply and demand magically suspended doesn't doesn't matter anymore so you can bring millions of low-wage workers into the country low i should say low-skilled workers competing for entry-level wage jobs and that won't have any effect this has been proven many times by anyone who really looks at analysis that it's not true it's just that the wages change in different places depending on the migration patterns of where illegal immigrants are clustering at any point in time that's what which makes perfect sense right if you have a million illegals show up in New York City, more illegals, then the wage scale in New York will be affected. It probably isn't going to ripple all the way across to Washington State. Understandably. Um, but they're lying to you constantly about all of this. And they can't actually allow someone to make the case directly without them being booed and jeered. And, and even then, I think, it's they, they would still be complaining if... Uh, Donald Trump had had a hostile crowd there. They would still say, don't platform him. He's the leading Republican contender. Don't platform him. My friend Molly Hemingway, who's a brilliant um, writer, and uh, she's over at, at Fox as a contributor, uh, she says here, the media meltdown over Trump just shows they don't trust the American people to see and make decisions. They have to run a propaganda machine. Play 15. This is not just the former president. This is the like far and away top candidate for the next Republican nomination. The idea, like the media meltdown over this means that they don't really trust the American people. Like, ask him questions, get the answers, trust the American people to make the decision. Yes. But they don't. They they basically handled everything by silencing him for the last few years, and it actually counterintuitively made it all that more refreshing yes. to see him. You're like not sick of hearing him for the last few years. Absolutely. So it was like, wow, I forgot this was great. It is very, very engaging, very entertaining. Someone taking the fight to the other side, we can all understand. And I think that's also a really important point. They they effectively deplatformed Trump from the Internet under the Biden regime. 
that's had a major effect. I mean, yeah, he's at Truth Social. I know you, but it just doesn't have the reach, doesn't have the user base that, say, Facebook does. Facebook is you know, hundreds of billions of dollar market cap company with a billion users globally, right? I mean, maybe Truth gets there one day, but it's a different, different scale. And this just shows you once again, they, isn't it interesting? It's not just elections they want to rig. It's the marketplace of ideas, too. It all has to be rigged. Because in a fair system, they lose. Hosting a three-hour radio show is a lot longer than three hours when you factor in all the prep that uh, Clay and I do. It's morning and night. I'm texting Clay sometimes at midnight. I'm being like, oh, we got to talk about this tomorrow. And he's texting me early in the morning. Oh, we got to talk about this. We love it. But it does require a lot of energy and focus. And i got to be able to get through the day with that energy and focus at hand. That's why Chalk's Daily Supplements are so great. They're made with all natural ingredients that provide the edge you need to get through the week without reaching for that fifth cup of coffee or even like those energy drinks. Chalk also offers bundles like the male and female vitality stack. For men, their formulation replenishes testosterone levels, which is crucial to energy levels. For women, they focus on a healthy hormone balance. Both formations, uh, formulations rather, are great you can learn more about how they work by going online right now. Just go to chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Start feeling more energized after signing up for a daily regimen of Chalk's products. Again, you can find them online at chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Get 35% off any subscription you purchase for life when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. 35% off with promo code Buck. At chalkchoq.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for team reality. All right, third hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, and the border is what we're diving into straight away here. As you know, Title 42 ended at midnight last night, and we are in the situation that we all were anticipating here. One of the only tools to stop people from coming into the country. And let's note, this was a pandemic authority. So I don't think that Title 42 can or should be expanded or, or, or continued indefinitely. And that's the track that it has been on. The pandemic is over. It has been over for a long time. It should have been over in the summer of 2020. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but here we are relying on a situation uh, or relying on an approach to a situation that is unsustainable and that isn't good in the first place. Keep in mind, it's not like this has stopped a massive number of illegal migrants from coming into the country, and now all of a sudden the border is going to be bad. You've got about 6 million people, maybe 5.5 million I think is the most precise number I've seen to try to estimate this. And uh, this is is a mess right now. Border Patrol processing centers have, uh, what is it, 25,000, they have 25,000 migrants in custody, I'm seeing here, and this is putting them way beyond capacity, so the system is being flooded, and what is the result of that? Well, this is exactly what really everyone who understands what's going on has said is going to happen, which is you just have mass releases. You just have mass releases. Here's Bill Malugin from Fox News, who has been down there at the border doing a lot of really good from 
the field reporting on this issue. Play six. Right now, a majority of people are released into the country. What happens is because they're so over capacity and because of diplomatic relations with different countries, once people get here, they're typically released with an NTA, a future court date. And because of how backlogged everything is, that court date can be years down the road and the cartels are able to advertise off of that. The migrants know that. They've told us that in interviews, that if they can just get here, they believe they are going to be released. And if you just walk to downtown Brownsville right now, you'll go to the bus station and you will see Venezuelan men with their NTAs and their DHS packets and their government cell phones all over the place waiting to get on a bus to go elsewhere around the country. Mass releases are taking place and it is part of the Biden administration's policy. It is the policy. Mass releases. How is this not an open border? The difference between this and a fully open border, I suppose, would be they just get to walk in, don't even have to check in. This is like checking in. This is just, okay, oh, yeah, oh, thanks for the notice to appear. I'm sure I'll be there in five years or ten years. What do you think the Democrats are advocating for right now? Just, just think about this. War gaming out from the other side. Sit on the other end of the chessboard. What do you think they want to do right now? Well, they want to make sure that the migrants who have entered the country illegally, illegal aliens, notice they've really, I think they've even amended federal code recently so that now, because I used to say illegal alien, that is what is in federal statute. They've started, they've certainly changed that in federal usage in the agencies. I'd have to see if it's still even the legal statutory definition of somebody in the country without legal permission to be here. But these had been known as illegal aliens. It's important to understand why we use that term and why the left wanted to get rid of it. Now it's all undocumented. Or they've even moved past undocumented. Think of the process. And this has happened in the last, oh, call it 10, 15 years. Gone from illegal alien or illegals to illegal immigrant to... Uh, undocumented to now non-citizen. Hold on a second. There are a lot of... uh, Non-citizen is a total... See, that's a total obfuscation. That's a complete and utter propaganda tactic. To say not... I mean, a lot of people are not... if, If a French person... Now, we bien sûr, I want to go to New York with my family and uh, I want to uh, go see the Statue of Liberté because we gave it to you, you probably forget. If a French person, Marveilleux, shows up in New York City on a, you know, as a tourist, they're a, non, they're a non-citizen too. So you notice they're calling these migrants non-citizens, and I'm even using the term migrants, that's what everyone uses. They're calling these illegals pouring into the country non-citizens. Because that doesn't, that doesn't in any way address their status in the country or the illegality of their entrance here. They are breaking the law. They are willingly violating U.S. federal law. They are doing it with full knowledge of, of what they're doing is not supposed to happen. The cartels are working with them. They are paying off the cartels. And this is all the inevitable result of Joe Biden coming into office. And right away, what did he do? He decided he was going to stop all deportations for 100 days or 90 days or whatever it was. All deportations. Is it Charlie Munger? You show me the incentive, I'll show you the result, I believe. Those of you who are 
like uh, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. It's true. The incentive is for more and more illegals to come here. And understand that the, the conditioning that they receive when they arrive here is, is often, from the left at least, I mean, if you listen to A- AOC, I was going to tell you, is already advocating for, when I said the other side of the chessboard, what are they trying to do? She is already advocating for work permits for them. Do we all have to draw this out? I mean, we, we can see exactly what's going on here. You bring in migrants who enter illegally, but then they get into this separate process by lying, and saying that they're asylum seekers because they're so scared of being in their home country. Really, uh, there are 160 countries from all over the world where people are showing up at the border and they're all so scared they can't live there? No. But America's a better country with a bigger welfare state. That's what's really going on. And a better jobs market, but also a bigger welfare state. So they show up, they get into the asylum process, which is so overwhelmed because it was never meant to be a backdoor or end run on our actual immigration system, which is what it has become, full on. And they have to then, they, they, they are going to show up in five years. They're going to have, if, if the Democrats get their way, work permits. They're going to have um, jobs that tie them to the community. A lot of them will have jobs. Uh, they're probably going to have, maybe get married, have a kid, depends on how old they are. But then they'll have a, a, a child. We used to refer to this as an anchor baby situation. Oh, you can't say that anymore. Well, what are we supposed to what are we supposed to call this? The whole thing is it's a scam, folks. It is a scam. And Democrats have concocted this whole thing with a mountain of lies. And by silencing conservatives with you're racist, you're racist. And we all know where this is going. Rush knew where this was going under the Obama administration. He would talk about it. I remember listening. The whole point here is to get them in and get them registered and get them voting as fast as they can do so. Now, that doesn't mean it can happen right away as fast as they can do so. That means when they have the power to do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean legislation. They'll try with executive order. The old People forget the Obama administration tried to give through executive order, work permits and ID cards, and then this got into the federal court system, the whole purpose is to make them effectively legalized without Congress doing anything. So this is a challenge. This is a challenge. There was even a moment, a moment during the Trump administration in 2018 when he was saying, I think we have to legalize the Dreamers. I remember. I remember. So don't think that you can count on Republicans, any Republicans on this issue, to do the right thing unless you are paying attention. Unless the people who vote for Republicans demand that they not reward this massive violation of U.S. sovereignty and U.S. law, which is exactly where all this is heading. And this is this is why I think uh, Ted Cruz, with his viral moment now he's had a lot of viral moments over the years my favorite was when he beat jimmy kimmel in basketball one-on-one which is great but uh he's had a lot of viral moments over the years but here he is and i just think this is coming from the heart ted cruz is not just a uh, a senator an american he's a texan so he knows he's been at the border a lot he knows what's going on he knows the legislative games they're playing in dc and he knows the cost to his home state of texas 
and particularly to border communities that this creates. And so when some reporter starts to do the, well, what are you doing for the migrants? Well, the point is we want the migrants to stop. That's the primary challenge. That's the primary issue. Here is, here's Ted Cruz, and he is a... Uh, and fuego, you could say. Play four. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden. Biden made a political decision. He did make a political decision. We all know it. And the purpose here, you have to remember, is to get the numbers as high as possible because then the weight of this problem, they believe, makes the mass amnesty inevitable. And the only real way to deal with this is going to be to secure the border, and you're also going to have to get serious about a lot of deportations. Not not the standard deportations, and and remember, it was uh, there were there were deportations going on in the o- Obama administration. It actually dropped a little bit the first couple of years of Trump, but there were deportations that were at the that were the the standard ish level, you could say. And then under Biden, it's just fallen. There's essentially no interior enforcement, so now it's just the floodgates are open, and that's what you're seeing. And even Title Forty Two. Five million plus got in. Maybe a million have been turned away via Title 42, maybe a little over a million, but still five million got in. That's a lot of people, right? That's that's a whole lot of folks who have they gone. Have we gone through any of their backgrounds? Is there any what is the assimilation process exactly? What skills are they bringing to the table? Do they speak English? Can they read in English or in any language? Why are they getting ahead of all the people that are spending years trying to go through the legal immigration process to get into this country? Why are they able to break laws with impunity, but, you know, you don't pay your taxes and you say, sorry, I'm just not doing it. Men with guns are going to arrive and arrest you at your home and take you into a prison cell because the law is the law. Right? The law is the law when it comes to you and you paying your taxes, taxes that are now going to at least part of them subsidize the masses of illegals who are coming into the country and who are doing something that no other country in the world would be expected to deal with. No other country on the planet has this same situation at the same scale occurring. It is the abuse of the asylum process. Think about this for a moment. I mean, it's as though if we're on the Titanic and, and they're saying, okay, women and children first in the lifeboats, and everybody on the Titanic is saying, I'm, you know, women and children here. Well, hold on. We're, we're... Asylum is to help those who have absolutely no choice and absolute last result. These people are lying. So it's, it's not this blameless thing of, oh, you know, whatever. And the cartels, some estimates are that the cartels are making more money now off of the human trafficking than they are the drug smuggling. Oh, people talk about, oh, we, we can deal with Mexico. Let's maybe I mean, militarizing the conflict with Mexico certainly give us additional tools. But I just think that we kick over that log for the first time with any seriousness to deal with the cartels. It is. Oh, my gosh. 
much more sophisticated, much more far-reaching, and much scarier than anybody in this country, except for very few who have really spent time to make a study of it. The cartel situation is much worse than we realize, with much deeper tentacles into America than most people realize. And what are the Democrats doing? We're a nation of immigrants. Come on, don't be xenophobic. Xenophobic? Tell that to the mayor of New York City. He was like, I, I got 40,000 migrants. That I, I got to feed all of them. I got to clothe all of them. I got to house all of them. I can't do this with the budget of New York City. And those of you who are sitting in red states, you go, oh, you know, Wyoming, we don't have that much in the way of illegals. We don't have that much in the way of people. Guess where your tax dollars are going to go? The whole game that's going to play out here is Democrat population centers with large numbers of illegal migrants are going to start demanding, you guessed it, federal bailouts, federal funds to pay for all this. But it's like I said in the, what was it, the second hour? It's not their problem because, you know, the the massive increase in English as a second language instruction, the public school systems that are already failing and all the funds and all the money, all the time that goes into that. It's not going to be Nancy Pelosi's grandchildren's problem. Might be your problem, though. Might be your problem. And that's what they care about. Uh, my friends, the market has been brutal in the last year. I was just checking my statement the other day. It has been uh, it has been rough, to say the least. Inflation is still really tough, too. But Clay and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot. He loves our military and gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They've brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit raddiversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all of the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com. Brilliance on display. Take a selfie with them. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, back in mere moments. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise 
They're in the line of duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institutes educating kids in K-12 through grades to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. Bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. I mentioned before uh, that Rush saw where this is going, and we're at the end stage of the Democrats' immigration plan now. Well, this was Rush himself, El Rushbo, in 2018. Play it. It's a political issue that the Democrats do not want solved. All this is is an effort by the Democrat Party to provide for themselves a current underclass. They need a permanent underclass that is dependent on the government for their survival. That's why they want illegal immigrants granted citizenship. They don't want the issue solved. They don't want any issue solved, legislatively or otherwise, before the 2018 elections. And I think Trump is partially exposing that with the various different proposals that he's making. He's giving them pretty much what they want, and they're turning it down because they don't want it solved. Tell you what, I'll make you another deal right here. I'll make another I would be willing right here to support an effort to grant permanent citizenship to whatever number of illegal immigrants there are in the country tomorrow. If you will make as part of the deal, they can't vote for 15 to 25 years. And if they will agree to that, then I'll grant them amnesty. Now, you could never make that deal. Rush saw exactly what was going on. He was speaking with Chris Wallace. Remember that? Chris Wallace on Fox News. Um, you couldn't make that deal, though. You know why? Democrats would go back on their word. The whole point is amnesty, voters. Amnesty, then voters, and a one-party permanent majority nationwide in this country. If you're a small business owner, you've likely heard about the IRS refund plan known as the ERC. That's short for the Employee Retention Credit, a program passed by Congress and administered by the IRS. It could provide up to $26,000 per employee if you survive the pandemic. No company has done more to help small business owners with this little-known plan that, uh, than innovation refunds. 
That's the company behind the helpful website, GetRefunds.com. Now they've added an app, too, to make it as easy as possible for you to determine if your business qualifies for this refund. Innovation Refunds has already completed over 17,000 returns for many kinds of businesses just like yours. Construction, retail, restaurants, bars, hotels, and so many more. The ERC tax credit is a refund on your already paid taxes, not a loan. ERC is designed to let business owners use the refund money for anything your business needs. Go to GetRefunds.com to start the process. It'll take you less than 10 minutes to get started, and there's no upfront charge. Go to GetRefunds.com or download the app from the App Store today, GetRefunds.com. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World House. House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org.